Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. We're back this month um, with gobble, another gobble. podcast on joy. <laughs> okay, so fun fact, this is like our 50th time to try to intro this particular podcast, um, but it's on joy. So I say we yeah, keep this intro, That's Kayla. true. That's true. We'll keep it. I'll just gobble, gobble. the humiliation. <laughs> <laughs> when I first started, I wanted to like quote, like, I think it's the Eminem song where it's like, guess who's back, 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 back again. Um, but probably not appropriate for our Roswell's <laughs> I don't have a point of reference for that song. I have to admit. I'm okay, well, don't. Go look it up, okay, please, by no means. I'll take you on that. <laughs> well, we're excited to have you back and um, and Thanksgiving week. So hopefully um, you, if you haven't already had your group, um, that you're planning something fun um, this month to celebrate and then maybe a Friendsgiving with lots of food. Um, and we're, but we're back to discuss again, just gratefulness and joy and bringing fun and joy to, um, your Arise gathering groups, which is super important, especially during the season where we want to celebrate and yeah. we want to bring life and enjoy, um, after an especially hard season globally <laughs> around the world, not even just our country, but like globally, just a tough season. And yeah. so, you know, we as Christians really want to model joy. Like, yeah. I, I mean, I don't believe that Jesus was like somber and like, go ye therefore. <laughs> like, I just don't, you know, and do you want to know why I don't believe this, Kayla? Please tell me. Because it says that like kids were all over him. Like the disciples were trying to push kids off of him and kids do not cling to someone who's boring. Yeah. They don't. They, I mean, I just picture my version of Jesus in my head. Um, like he was fun yeah. and I believe people, he was magnetic and people wanted to be around him, even children. Yeah. And so I think that we have to really guard against a heaviness in our groups and a heaviness on us. Really. I think it's going to start there as us individually choosing joy, yeah. which I believe comes from gratefulness. And I know we have an Epic story, um, that we will share, but I actually think we should wait and yes. make them listen to the, the whole, suspense. This, the whole thing. It's and like, believe me, you do not want to miss is, this story. It is so worth it. It's wait. like, I want to see the movie. It's so good. <laughs> So good. <laughs> a live action. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, but talking about this with the fact that, you know, I believe that Christ modeled joy. And one of my reasonings for that is that joy is a fruit of the spirit. And you had yeah. some thoughts on the fruit of the spirit and joy, right? Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this earlier today as we were having this conversation leading up to um, the recording of this podcast about the importance of joy and how we serve a God who loves fun. And we serve a God like literally he created and told the Israelites that they had to participate in a ton of feasts and festivals, not just for like mandatory parties, Yes, mandatory parties like Jesus. God loves to party. God loves fun. He took naps. He did. Yeah. Like mandatory rest day on Sabbath. Like, which I'm totally for. I mean, you tell me, you tell me God is boring. Like he's not, he's like, anything but boring and not just not boring in the sense of like, wow, it's God, but not boring in the sense that he loves to see us have fun. Like I truly appreciate the fact that the, this concept of joy is scattered all throughout mm. scripture. Like we talk about the old Testament, like it's heavy, but even all throughout there are these scriptures that point to the fact that God wants us to maintain joy. And, you know, for the last year we've been talking about the fruits of the spirit and how, when we have the Holy spirit, 
that means we already obtain mm-hmm. those fruits. It's not something we have to work for or strive for. They're already there. And I was thinking about this earlier about how, you know, one of the fruits of the Spirit is joy. And it's not just one of the fruits of the Spirit. It's actually the second characteristic Mm -hmm. listed. And I believe that God is intentional in everything he does, not just in the words he chooses, but the exact placement of those words. Like, I don't think God was like, here's a bunch of characteristics I want people to, to, to have and through them. So what you're saying is you have a hypothesis that the fruits of spirit are listed in order of importance. I think God listed them um, with intentionality. And so chronologically, yes, almost like they feed into each other. Mm. And because I don't think God just like threw a bunch of words at Paul and was like, here, put them in a random order. So the first, the first would be love, love, Mm -hmm. which, uh, scripturally it says the greatest of these is is always love love. makes a lot of sense and if you think about it when you approach life from a perspective of knowing that you are deeply loved by God that there is nothing you can do to obtain God's love but it's just who he is and then you therefore start um, sharing that love with other people then you can't help but have joy like I think about um, the last couple of months I've been able to spend some time at the food truck in Mount Hope And there have been so many days where my day is not going like I planned. And I go to the food truck anyway, sort of with a sour look on my face, like something I have to do today. But I can honestly say I have never left that food truck after loving on those people Mm. without a contagious smile on my face. Mm. Like I have this utter joy. And I think that God intentionally, not just intentionally picked joy as one of the fruits of the spirit, but listed it in the beginning because of its importance to the life of every believer. So beautiful. So actually she, uh, Kayla shared a little bit with this, uh, with me today, just the revelation of this. And I told her not to teach it all in this because it could be a whole sermon in itself. So that's coming. Um, and just how those fruits of spirit can be like chronologically dependent on one another. I just think it's a beautiful, uh, thought process to go down. But, um, but I love this, that, um, from the wellspring of what Christ has done in me, how could I possibly not be filled with joy, like joy in the Holy ghost. And, you know, one of the things that we've talked a lot about is believers authority and that mm-hmm. how I don't have to beg God for self-control. Self-control is a fruit of the spirit. So I know for, if you've ever had anybody bring you a fruit basket for Christmas or for a gift, a fruit basket and a gift basket. I know in some camps, um, in church world, um, they really heavily focus on the gifts of the spirit and some camps, um, focus on the fruit of the spirit. But thankfully for us, we don't have to choose the Holy ghost just stepped into the room of our hearts with two baskets, a gift Mm -hmm. basket and a fruit basket. And we get both like we get equal access to all of it. I don't have to beg God for joy. Joy is something that is a fruit of the spirit that I just take and eat it. So I want you to picture these fruits like fruit that I just, when I need joy, I just pull it out of the basket and I take a bite. And this is what I think Paul meant when he said rejoice. And again, I say rejoice and Mm -hmm. take joy. Um, The Lord wouldn't tell us as an imperative, as a command to rejoice if it's something that we couldn't do. And so, but it has to be this action of like, I don't need to beg him. Like even through hard circumstances, even through the pain, I can choose joy. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, one of the things that I think that is so beautiful about the father and why I think it's so important and you can see the character heart of God and, and just fun and, and joy is the most raw expressions of creation 
bring joy. That's think so about it. Like the, the rawest form of creation. Think about a baby. Mm. Like that how can a baby, like when a baby cries even, some, there's something in it's like, oh, like it's just something sweet. You even kind of yeah. giggle when you say, oh, like it's, it's just yeah. precious. And, and then when they, I mean, a baby's belly laugh, come on. I don't think there's sweeter music. No better noise. Than a baby belly laughing. And th- th- what about a baby's ability, like it hears music and no one has to teach it to dance. Yeah. It just dances. We were at a worship night that, my daughter put on outside and it was at a farm and I'm not, I am not kidding you. They started singing and the horse started swaying its head back and forth. <laughs> I'm telling you, like we were all kind of like, what? Awesome. Um, even like the mountains, the ocean, the yeah. birds, like what does it inspire? It inspires the glory of God, the joy of yeah. God. And so he did not want us to walk through life weary and heavy laden. He wanted us to experience joy and peace and contentment in the Holy ghost. This is what inheritance is really about. Absolutely. And it's so, it's just so telling about God's heart for humanity, for his image bearers, when he even says, cast your cares on me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Like what happens when you cast that off and you're able to breathe in peace? It does. It brings joy in every circumstance. And what happens is when we take that joy, when we own, when there's ownership in this concept of joy, I think that it bleeds out into our relationships with others. That was contagious for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like when someone starts belly laughing, even if you didn't hear the joke, like, you, when someone's really, and you know, the people that like snort when they laugh yeah. or like they're crying or like there's no sound. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> and you're like waiting for them to breathe. Yeah. Um, when you're in the room with that, even if you weren't in on the joke, you can't help but yeah. laugh. You can't contain it. And that's what's so beautiful is joy cannot be yeah. contained. There is no container in the world that can encapsulate the joy that comes from God. And I think it's important, too, to recognize that there is a difference between happiness and joy, mm-hmm. that happiness and joy are not the same. Joy is something that we as believers choose. can choose yeah. to have in every circumstance, mm-hmm. whether the circumstances are exactly how we hope they would be or whether they are less than ideal. Joy is something that we get mm-hmm. to choose. And what's in inter- you know, have you ever like, I think you shared an illustration a couple years ago about how you bought a gift for Brandon's grandmother Grandmother. and she like rejected your gift. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I feel like that's exactly how Mm -hmm. Christians do with, with joy in particular, almost out of this, like, well, I have to carry this burden. If that's, this is the life Jesus wants me. And like how sad if we picture ourselves though, as beloved daughters Mm -hmm. and him as a loving father, like, I want you to think if if you have kids or even if you don't, if you have a niece or nephew and like you took them out for their birthday, would it give you pleasure if you were buying them things and they felt like they couldn't enjoy it? Yes. Like it would burden your heart. Mm -hmm. You would want to see them laugh. And I think that the the love of God wants us to enjoy this life, not just the life to come. And that in every circumstance that we can sing in the midnight hour um, in the basement in a jail cell, that we can still choose joy in that moment and the delight that it brings to the heart of God when his children just revel and dance Mm -hmm. and enjoy one another's company, even in the midst of hard circumstances. And so I know this is an attitude that we have to take on. And I love that this falls right at Thanksgiving because I really feel like gratefulness is the is the inspirer, if that's a word, an inspirer of inspiration. The inspiration. There you go. That sounds a little more eloquent. Um, I think that that gratefulness is like really 
it, it's the rudder that's going to set our hearts mm. in the course of joy is that we choose to look for things that we can be thankful for. We yeah. choose to see the beauty around us um, and not to think it's somehow spiritual to be heavy yeah. or spiritual to be super serious and always speaking King James. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to tell you that I don't think the lost are drawn to that. Like they have enough of that. They want true joy yeah. and it's evident. And so this is why we have to purpose purpose it in our own lives. Um, something that we're doing as a family, uh, this month is, uh, buying thank you cards. And so once a week, my kids are, are going to each individually have a card that they think of someone that they need to thank. And they write a heartfelt, not a thank you for the the gift. Mm -hmm. Love you. Bye. Like, (laughs) but like, why, what did this bring joy to me? Why did why why did this mean something to me? Um, I sat down this past Sunday and just felt like like I needed to write some thank you cards. And I mean, I'm weeping as I write them, um, full of just gratefulness for the people of God that he's put in my life. And so I think gratefulness has this way of seizing joy for us and reminding us that yeah. it's right here in our face, that the the flowers are colorful because God wants us to have pleasure, yeah. that the sky is blue, the sounds of creation. This is pointing to a, to a God who wants us to enjoy this life right yeah. now. Yeah, instead of having this like, saint-like attitude where we have to carry the weight of the world on our shoulders and be like Eeyore in a sea of like, Mm. and and you know, what's really interesting is you're talking about that. Um, I read an article not too long ago that said like people are more unhappy now than they've ever been. Mm. And I think that it's really interesting to think about that because everybody is looking for happiness, but nobody's looking for joy. And joy is so easy. Joy can be found so easily. Like you said, we already have it. We have to choose it. Mm -hmm. And if we want to be able to sort of change that mindset, we have to put ourselves in a posture to choose joy, right? Like you can't just wake up in the morning and, um, and go about your day and not intentionally choose joy. Like some days, some days are easier than Mm -hmm. others, but in my life, what I've seen is I have to be intentional about, um, about choosing joy over the emotions of, of that moment, those circumstances. Um, so I want to bring this to the topic of our groups, um, and how we can, address some joy snuffers Mm. and um, how we can bring intentionality to making our groups joyful. And so I'm going to give, I'll let you think on that while I share a little bit, but I want to give the first one that comes to my mind is to not take yourself or this job quote unquote job too seriously. Yeah. Um, to see it as a journey and not a destination. Mm -hmm. So I was talking with an Arise host and, um, I could sense the heaviness. We were just walking outside. I could sense the heaviness on her because a lot of her group is lost Mm -hmm. or barely saved. Um, and they, there's so much work for, for, there's so, there's so much work for her to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but I, I talked to her about the importance of like attractional Christianity doesn't mean I'm, I can't see people as my projects. Mm. They sense that and they don't want to be around that. And it brings a heaviness to our group. When I see people as constant projects, like my kids, I, I don't think there's a better parallel between parenting and ministry than parenting and ministry. But my kids, if what would my kids would not want to hang out with me or to be with mama. If 
every time they were with me, I was trying to push them to the next stage in their development. If I was being aggressive with their education and I never had like moments where we just, I just let them be two. I just let them be three. I just let them be 15. And I wasn't trying to force them to be 30, but I could just enjoy the stage that they're in and be okay with the messiness of that stage and love them in that stage. Remember, this is walking in the garden in the cool of the day. This is sitting at a table feasting with our brothers and sisters. And so you're going to get people at all walks of life and rather than seeing them as projects that need continual tinkering and fixing just enjoy them just enjoy being with them and then as they sense that you have a restedness and a contentment that you're not trying to change I had a I have someone and I use the term friend kind of loosely because I think they would call me their friend (laughs) and I'll never (laughs) say who this is but but in my mind they're not someone I want to be around because I get this weird suspicion that every time I'm around them, they're trying to convert me to a way of opinion. Mm. Like that we can't just enjoy each other or laugh like what they're trying to trying to teach me something or convert me into something. And no one yeah. wants to be around someone like that all the time. So like true. we just want friends that can, we can just enjoy one another. Even if, even if you are teaching me things, it doesn't have to be perpetual. And I don't have to always feel like I'm under this weight of heaviness. So I would say don't take yourself or this responsibility so seriously. We're not mm-hmm. trying to disciple someone overnight. Yeah. Um, and so if someone slips up and says a cuss word in your group discussion, it going to be okay. <laughs> like it's okay. Like I, I think, or if someone says something that may be like, okay, that was kind of heresy, you know, like, um, you know, you can find a way to divert or you can find a way to like in love, um, kind of correct it without it even seeming like correction. Absolutely. Um, but don't make it so, don't take it so seriously. The weight of the world is not on you. The yeah. weight of full discipleship, even Paul said, I planted Apollos water, but God caused God. the increase. Mm-hmm. And so let let people come to you like yeah. fishing. You throw that rod out, out a little bit. When you feel there's a certain point where you have to stop reeling or yeah. you're going to break the line. Like if there's too much resistance, you're going to break the line. And so just let them come to you. So part of how I do this practically in ministry, like if I went around trying to fix every issue I saw in people that I, that serve under me or, you know, every blind spot, Lord, I would be in counseling 24 seven and no one would want to be around me. Like part of what my ministry model is not that it's, I'm not this only way, but a personal conviction of mine is I just want to be someone that people see Christ in. Yeah. And if they see love, if they see joy, if they see humility, then they're going to come to me and ask me. And when I get the invitation, then it's the opportunity to show them a more excellent way as their invitation. Now, the side note would be obviously if the spirit of God speaks something imperative to me and I feel like it's life, like I will, I will say something, but honestly, the amount of times that I speak into someone's life without them asking is probably 5%, 2%. I rarely, if ever in inject my opinion on someone's life without being asked. I wait for them to come and talk to me. And in the meantime, I just enjoy them. I just, I'm just trying to be natural around them and enjoy people and love people the way that God does. Definitely. And, and the beautiful thing is that you can take a breath and realize that guess what? You don't have to fix any, anybody in your group that, that weight is not in your, on your shoulders. The Lord never intended it to be on your shoulders. That is a work that he does, um, as they allow him to do it. And, you know, I I was thinking about this as you were talking about the people that I enjoy being around the most are the people who make me laugh. They're the people who, um, who, 
allow me to step outside of my mundane everyday life and the obligations and the responsibilities I have just to enjoy the time with them. Like that's why I love spending time with you and people like Vicki Mankin because I don't think there has ever been a time that we haven't just laughed um, and spent time in joy in the joy of the presence of God. Mm. And, and I think that we forget that so, so easily about how much God loves joy. He even says, I will turn your morning into joy if we will allow him to do that. You know, one thing that makes me uh, laugh about this too, enjoying the process of where the women are in your group um, and not being so freaked out by their failures. So I have four kids. My oldest is a senior. My youngest is in kindergarten. And when my poor blessed Eden guinea pig child was small. I took every mistake she made personally, every temper tantrum, every fit. I took it personally. I saw it as a reflection of my parenting and I had to, I had to force her into changing Mm -hmm. or else I was a bad mom. And so I was too hard on her. Um, Poor little baby didn't get to really be like enjoy. (laughs) Uh, It took her so seriously. Um, And I've loosened up a lot. Like, so now um, with my, with my last, you know, when she was two and she threw a fit, I knew after four, this is a normal part of the stage of development of pushing off the pool, like pushing off the side, you know, like pushing away from mom, testing limits. So I actually taught Chainin to say, um, I'm sorry, dad was irrational. Like, you know, like, like two, she'd say, I saw dad's irrational, you know, like, it, so I just had fun with it, enjoyed her being a, a little one. Like, matter of fact, the other day she, um, she said, you know, it's like I always said, if you can't deal with it, do a fit. <laughs> And, you know, I just left. I didn't come in and correct her theology. Like, that's terrible advice, Chayna. Um, You know, I just enjoy this kid being a quirky kindergartner and saying funny things. And I think that there's so much joy along the process. Jesus chose these messy disciples. And he didn't try to completely fix every issue they had in one day. Yeah. It was an on-the-go process as it came available. And he was yeah. able to not take it personally or, or so seriously. And so I do think taking the pressure off of yourself, taking your pressure off of these women is going to help increase that joy and choosing gratefulness personally in your walk each day. One last practical tip um, is turn some fun music on. Like at yeah. your, like especially for Christmas, like you should be thinking of some fun ideas for your group don't make it too awkward don't like to me i think like the goofier the better personally but like i really love the new like grinch theme song from the cartoon absolutely so good absolutely it's a classic in the making um but having fun music on dressing up um gag gifts are always fun you know you could do awards in your groups you know (laughs) you know yearly awards um but have fun, like enjoy one another and yeah. make this a place of refuge where they want to come to. Absolutely. I had to realize, um, with my teenagers that there was a stage that I really uh, got into where everything was heavy. I was always coaching them, teaching them. And then I'm like pulling them out of the downstairs, come up and spend time with us until the spirit of God had to say like, would you want to spend time with you? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you know, probably not. Like I want to be the house that people want to come to. Yeah. And if I want to be the house that people want to come to, I need to set the tone and set the environment for that. And it doesn't mean we can't have deep conversations. It doesn't mean that we won't go to hard places, but it also means we know how to have fun. We know how to rejoice. We know how to celebrate. Mm -hmm. And so, um, and as image bearers of God, God knew how to have fun. Absolutely. We know how to have fun. And you know, I was, as you're talking about this, trying 
kind of circling back to what you said earlier about um, are you somebody other like that the lost would want to be around? You know, a couple months ago, the Lord put a friend of mine on my heart. She's an atheist. She's been going through a difficult time. And I knew that I needed to host a separate Arise gathering for her and a couple other people. And, um, and I'm going to be honest, I did not want to, like, I have a million other responsibilities. I kind of like fought back with God a little bit, like, God, somebody else is going to do this, that type of thing. Even tried to get her sister to do it, but God kept telling me, you need to do this. You need to do this. And so the legwork before her actually showing up, it took a lot because I had to prove to her that she wasn't coming to our gathering to be preached at, mm. but that she was coming to be loved and to have fun. And so we spent almost an hour and a half of everybody just getting to know each other and having fun and laughing. And there were a couple times she said a couple things where I looked at uh, one of my friends was like, oh, it's <laughs> like, oh, but then I'm sorry, that was irrational. Yeah, yeah I'm sorry. That was irrational. But um, but you know what? She had such a good time and she texted me the next day. Um, I was talking about, and actually as a testimony, she actually told her sister the other day that she's going to start coming to church. And so, and I genuinely believe it's because instead of browbeating her Mm -hmm. and, and we allowed her to see that, guess what? Christians can have fun too. Like we can do fun things. We can laugh. We can have a good time. I think it really helped change her perspective of what she thought Christianity was. And speaking of the lost, um, and reaching them in unconventional ways, Mm -hmm. I think that this is a really great segue into the story that you're going to share about one of our hostesses. Man, I hope we really haven't built this up to the point where (laughs) everybody's going to be like, wah, wah, wah. No, I don't think so. (laughs) I think we need like a drum roll. I agree. I agree. Kinsley, you're going to have to edit that in for us. Yeah, a little drum roll. Okay. (laughs) Um, So we have an Arise host who is one of our OG hosts. Like she has, and if you don't know, like if you're not from my generation, OG is like original gangster, as I believe what it stands for. Um, But it's (laughs) used in the context of like, they're the original. So like she was one of our first Arise hosts. She's always, the hostess with the most is, she's always done over the top. She didn't have a big house she was renting and so but she um she does have a studio where she does hair and so she thought um like I could open the studio and we could have she started with conference last year not this year but last year and she's always had she always has one of the biggest gatherings there is um and so out of uh, a a desire just to serve the Lord and just to say yes with what she has she opened up her studio um well so she's been doing this for about a year uh, a little over a year now and um the conference prior to Arise conference, I believe that was the one, the conference prior to Arise, we were talking about freedom and uh, taking authority and believer's dominion and how we have the authority. If you were at the Arise uh, host weekend, you know, we really walked you through how to walk through deliverance, how to take authority over demonic principalities. Um, And so she was utilizing some of the tools that she learned from that weekend and from what we've been teaching. And there were some girls who were battling some things. And so um, in prayer, they gathered right there, in her studio, and they began to, in the name of Jesus, take authority over every demonic spirit that was in that building, and that they, it was over this girl, and in that building, in the name of Jesus, we command you to release them and to leave. And when she says this, they hear that sounded like a man laughing, and it sounded like it was coming from the ceiling. It sounded like it was coming from the basement. They couldn't tell where the sound was coming from, um, and so they weren't really sure if they were even like just okay. Is this just all like spiritual? Is this like is it or is it physically? Or but they felt like physically they could. It was obvious they could hear this man laughing. And so they call the police. The police come and get this. There was a squatter that had been living for months doing meth 
in the basement of that studio. Always quiet, always hidden, and had been living there undisturbed for months. And at the mention, I got chills, at the mention of Jesus' name and taking authority over that spirit, that those demons in that man began to manifest yep. and he had to reveal himself. And so they were able to remove the squatter, get him out of there. He was no longer living there. And then just all astounded. And, and what's so crazy to me about this is that we've actually been using that as an analogy about have yeah. a squatter that doesn't have legal permission to stay there, but unless you take so authority crazy. and kick it out, uh, what a testimony. <laughs> so needless to say, this group is on fire. They are so encouraged yeah. by, um, by the believer's authority. And I think it's it's really cool that we save this till the end because I want to end on this. You know, you have authority over depression and heaviness. Mm. That joy is a fruit of the spirit, and any residual depression, anxiety, or heaviness, just like that host took authority and said, "You cannot stay here any longer." Yeah. You have authority to take um, dominion over that and to tell it to leave. Yeah. That even if you're in the season of grief, you know, I've lost my dad the day after Thanksgiving four years ago. And I'm going to tell you, I don't know how. And it's not that there weren't hard days, but I'm telling you, even in the worst days of my life, I found that I could choose joy. It didn't mean I didn't grieve simultaneously. And I don't know how to explain that. And it's this, it's this strange uh, juxtaposition that I was grieving, but I had joy. I had angst, but I had yeah. joy and I could choose it. And so I want to end with praying. Um, and why don't you agree with us in prayer as we pray over you and over your groups and over this season that for so many people is heavy, that God will exchange mm. your mourning for dancing and your sackcloth for clothes of joy. Yeah. Um, and so right now where you are, just begin to agree with us with your mouth. Agree with us out loud. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you that you have stripped the enemy of all of his power, all of his dominion, and all of his rights over us. We thank you that he does not get to determine whether or not we have joy. It is not up to him. It is up to you. And you have already freely given us all things, that you have given us love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and self-control. You've given it without reserve. This is a part of the gifts that you gave to us in this basket. And so right now, just like Cindy took authority over that, Lord, we take authority in the name of Jesus over every spirit of heaviness in our group, off of our ladies, off of our homes, off of our own minds and souls, off of our family, off of our children. In the name of Jesus, we command every demonic spirit to go in Jesus' name. And we ask you that the Holy Spirit and the spirit of joy would fill where depression has left, would fill where anxiety has left, would fill, God, that you would give us joy unspeakable and full of glory, that the joy of the Lord would be our strength. Mm. And we thank you, Father, that there's going to be a turning and a shifting even in our groups as you give us creative ideas at winning the loss, that, God, we would have magnetic joy that would draw people to Christ in Jesus' name. And we thank you that this will be the best holiday season that we have experienced in years and years and years. God, give us childlike joy that comes from childlike faith and just believing that because you said it, we believe it and it's done. We choose to rejoice in Jesus' name.